welcome to the Learner's Corner Podcast. This is the podcast for lifelong learners where we learn from anything and everything. My name is Caleb Mason. And my name is Todd Hicksonbaugh. And today we're going to be learning about the coffee company called Four Kids Coffee. And joining us for that conversation will be the co-founder of Four Kids, Catherine Sackett. Now, Catherine um, agreed to talk with us, but she did something kind of cool. So she agreed to let us talk with her on location at Four Kids Coffee. And her, we just have a conversation with her about what it is, what they're trying to accomplish. Yep, how they got started. How they got started and what they're, they're kind of moving towards now. And she has some, some exciting stuff she talks with us about. She talks about some business stuff and how she kind of views being a leader within a business like Four Kids Coffee. But she talks about it so much more in terms of some groundbreaking stuff that they're doing with making a, a coffee shop that's for moms with kids. Yeah, it's it's an exciting interview that we got to have with her. And we're really excited to bring that conversation to you. And we're going to join our conversation with Ka- Catherine Sackett right now. Well, welcome to the podcast, Catherine Sackett. Hello. Catherine is the co-founder of Four Kids Coffee. And we're actually on location today at Four Kids doing this interview. So we're really excited to have her on the podcast. Um, Catherine, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself? Well, thank you for having me. And let's see, I grew up here in North Canton, born and raised, and never really left, but didn't go very far. I went to school at Kent, have a master's degree, and I have my CPA license. So I really was in business before, but didn't know much about food service. And then here I am, (laughs) all in. So tell us a little bit about why, well, first of all, where does the name Four Kids Coffee come from? So originally we had Please this giant, I do, <laughs> although most people actually will say, how many kids do you have? And I feel really bad because I have to look and say four, and then they go, oh. So that is where the name came from. And really it's because when we were looking for a name, what do we call it? Everything that we do at the shop was designed because of something we went through with one of our four children. And so the shop was designed for them and inspired by them. And so we thought, what better name? So like give, like give us some examples. Like what is specifically here at Four Kids because of your kids? Well, one, the creative play space is here because at the time, um, Billy Kate was just a few months old when we started. And I thought there is no chance that I'm going to Starbucks with four children under the age of five. That's a madhouse and I need a break. I I can't get a cup of coffee and relax if someone isn't watching the kids. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think beyond that, there are things that my children all have food allergies or sensitivities, so they can't have artificial dyes. Um, One of my children was diagnosed as on autism spectrum towards the higher end. And so there are certain food restrictions that go along with that. And then, of course, Lily Kate, the youngest, has severe food allergies. And so that's where the bakery came from. But everything that we carry has something to do with them. Those are some examples. Gotcha. So what what led you to actually start a coffee shop? Why did you decide to build or found four kids? So my husband always wanted a coffee shop. He spent his entire Same. college career in a coffee shop. I don't Same. think he went to class. I was in Starbucks my whole life. Yes. So And so he came to me and said, I want to start a coffee shop. And I thought, are you kidding me? We have four small children. What is wrong with you? Um, and so I said, okay, 
you want a coffee shop, I want a coffee shop I can go to, put the play space in. And he said, you're nuts. Well, he took a sabbatical from his job for about six months and stayed home with the kids and finally came to me and said, you know what, that's a brilliant idea. Coffee shop with a play area. So we started doing research and going around and um, there were a few in the country that we drove out to and they looked pretty good. So we decided, um, all right, let's give it a shot. Let's see how it goes. And so we started the process. We were halfway through construction when Lily Kate was diagnosed with her food allergies. And so I went to him and said, we need a dedicated bakery and we need a place for kids like Lily Kate to go. And he said, no, you're crazy. Um, but here we are with a bakery. <laughs> so I guess I won that battle. <laughs> <laughs> so take us through, like, I mean, you talked about it a little bit, but take us to, through, like, today, like, kind of the history of four kids a little bit. Right. So when we first started, we were really intentional about uh, everything we did, and we still are, but it was a much smaller scale. So we started out with really just coffee, and we came in every morning and we baked the same pastries even though three people showed up because we wanted to make sure that we knew what we were doing and we could build this to be bigger. Same thing with the black beans and rice in the play space. We had um, four of us that were here. Uh, Jacob, who still works for us and is over at the Alliance location yep. now, started with us and so did Lindsay out here and Jason and I. And We were here Monday through Saturday all the time and in that process We've had a lot of successes and a lot of failures. We tried staying open later, that didn't work. Uh, we've tried music that wasn't really in line with our uh, thinking, but you know, over time we've grown, we've grown the menu. Now we have wraps and more soups. And Which are delicious. Lot, thank you. And we have a lot more pastry selections. Um, we're actually redoing the play space. It's been four years, so it's getting a total renovation. Uh, we have now 12 employees. Um, you know, everything's growing. Yeah. Slow, slow, but that's the point. Yeah. So what, like, talk us through, like, you know, you talked a little bit about some of the challenges that you've had to face, mm -hmm. but talk through, like, what are, like, maybe some of the biggest challenges that you've had to face, like, when starting four kids and even up through, and, like, how have you overcome them? I think starting four kids, one of the biggest challenges was that when we went to the bank's uh, or to family and said, we're starting a coffee shop. They all would roll their eyes at us. Um, oh, coffee shop. As if we're just going to sit around and drink coffee and not do anything all day and be lazy. Um, and, and there wasn't any place around here that had a play space the way that we have one. Mm -hmm. And there wasn't a place that really had the bakery. Actually, there's still only a few in the nation that do exactly what we do. So getting people to understand who we are and building the brand in the beginning was extremely challenging. We got a lot of questions about, oh, we thought it was coffee for kids, so we never came in. Mm -hmm. All the time. That's probably the first question on the FAQ on the website. Is it coffee for kids? Because genuinely, that was the biggest struggle, was well, what is that place? Right. Um, and I think that really, we had a few really good customers and a few really good employees that we just stayed true to who we were. We were blessed that we were financially able to push through that those first year and a half or it would have been a no-go. Um, but, but really to stay true to who we were and what we knew the brand was and what we had laid out and just kept being consistent and then word spread on its own and, and now that's not a question anymore. 
Um, I think the other biggest challenge is staffing in general is that I'm fairly particular. Those of those of who've had me in class or know me, um, I like for things to be at a level of excellence. I think that's what we're called to. So encouraging employees to make sure that we're maintaining that level of excellence is challenging. And it's it's not easy. Um, most people will tell you that when you work for me, I'm a mother first and an employer second. Um, and so it's challenging to see people not reach their full potential and say, you know what, if you can't do it, you need to figure out how to do it. And if it's not here, that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, but that has been a lot of the growing pain, I think, as well. How do, what ways do you like encourage that like excellence mentality like amongst your staff? Um, I think one of the ways is we do a better job now of uh, pre-screening when we hire and I really try to be very honest and say look these are the expectations and I give them a list I actually have it written out this is what I expect from you but this is what I'm going to give you we do try to give more than what we take to our employees and I think that that's one key thing is that it's not just about doing excellence because I demand it and then you get paid it's about this is a give-and-take relationship, and, and I expect this from you, but I'm going to give you much more if we can make this work. I think the other thing is is that I will get on my hands and knees and scrub the bathroom floor if that's what it takes. I don't expect them to do anything that I'm not willing to do myself and that I don't demonstrate. But I think those are the two keys that we operate in. Yeah, that, I mean, that's... Servant leadership. Yeah, that's very much servant leadership, and just... Great, I love stuff like this, and that gets me excited. Um, so talk to us, I mean, you mentioned that you now have a location in Alliance. So talk with us a little bit about like what that expansion process looked like, like how did that come about? Yeah. Okay. Was this always part of the plan too? Like was this something you guys thought of or? Originally in our in our original business plan, which is complete muck, right? Is all in our. <laughs> most most, yes. most original business plans are. Yes. Um, we did actually have the potential for multiple locations. Originally we thought it would be more of the play space and that it would probably be north in Fairlawn or Cleveland. And we've had a lot of inquiries to moving up there. But that gets challenging, especially because I'm very hands-on. I like to know my employees. I like to know my customers. And, and so a, a great distance just in and of itself is challenging, and I wasn't sure how to overcome that. But we actually had a group of people walk in one day and kind of look around, and they're all in suits, and we're all just looking at them, um, wondering, what are you doing? They were just criticized. You could just see, right, the yeah. thoughts of, of critiquing everything. And they came over and said, would you be interested, you were recommended to open up a shop in our new Alliance location, would you be interested? And I said, well, I don't know, let's sit down and talk about it. And they were approaching multiple coffee shops in town. But when we were having the conversation, one of the things that came up was that the students at Mount Union had requested to run their own coffee shop and they wanted to use it as part of their entrepreneurial program. And so the university was hoping that whatever coffee shop went in, would really embrace the students and kind of be engrafted as part of the university. That, to be honest, is what appealed to me. Mm -hmm. Just that location, just having a coffee shop, okay. But for me, there has to be some purpose in what I do. And what we do here isn't much different than what they were asking us to do there. And having an accounting background, thinking, oh, I get to work with young entrepreneurs and I can teach them how to run a business and 
and not and have them graduate with some real expectations of what that looks like. Mm -hmm. When I taught classes, the main reason that my students took business was because they wanted to be an entrepreneur. And without really realizing what that means, it's very difficult to make that successful. Mm -hmm. What are some of the, I don't know if the right word is, but like, what are some of the things that you see in like young entrepreneurs that they're, they just don't expect? Well, I think that the brilliant thing is they have wonderful ideas. Um, my husband, he's very entrepreneurial. I want to have a coffee shop. The problem is that they don't necessarily realize everyone doesn't share your vision. People will criticize you. Money will run out. You do have to, you can't be your employee's friend, right? Sometimes there are things that just need to be done. And, and I think that they're so entrepreneurial minded and so brilliant and so um, visionary that without a partner, or without some realistic things to say, ooh, payroll's due today. Mm -hmm. One, I have to make payroll, do I have money in the bank, and how do I do that? Um, and, and then two, how do I do payroll? Do I pay someone else to do it because that's more expense? I, I really think that that's the disservice that I saw um, in our entrepreneurial students is that we push the visionary side, but without the realistic side, the hardcore nuts and bolts of how to actually make it work, they won't be successful. And I think that if you really look at people like Bill Gates and those, they had a partner, right? The visionaries have someone else that comes up alongside them mm -hmm. and, and balances that out. Okay, well, that's kind of like you and I. <laughs> yes. I'm the, I'm the cool one. He tells me I can't oh, do things. There you go. Oh, my gosh. Tells me I'm, I'm not the cool one, in case you were wondering. <laughs> if there was any question. So we understand. We right. understand. The trouble of visionaries sometimes. Yes. yes. But there is a benefit, don't worry. There There's is, a benefit. Yes. Um, so the next thing we want to ask you is, you know, what's the benefit of like a local family-owned coffee shop versus like a chain or corporate coffee shop? Well, I think that there's benefits to both, mm -hmm. certainly. Yep. Um, you know, with a chain, it's very much about everything being consistent across large spaces. So when you go to Starbucks, you want your coffee at Starbucks to taste the same in Canton, Ohio, that it does in Cleveland, Ohio, that it tastes in Seattle. Mm -hmm. And so in order to achieve that, they have to get very large amounts of coffee. Well, if anyone knows anything really about coffee, it's not unlike wine. It's, it's really dependent on the region that it's grown in and the flavor profiles and the specific farm and how it was harvested and how was it dried. And so in order for them to get those same profiles, um, their process has to change and mm -hmm. it, it makes the coffee different. It makes it consistent, but it's not the same, um, I hate to say quality because that's not really the word I'm looking for, but it's just not the same, let's mm -hmm. say. So when I try to explain to people the difference between a Starbucks and what we do, it's like going to a local store or a chain store and buying a wedding dress off the rack and then going to a custom designer and having everything tailor-made and fit to you and exactly what you want and all the beads in the right places. And we are more of that custom store. Mm -hmm. When customers come in, I want them to feel comfortable. I want them to feel safe. I want them to know that we're going to give them high-quality coffee that gives back to the farmers. Um, you know, one of our farmers was robbed 
and lost all of his equipment. And so our roaster called and asked all of the shops to contribute and our staff um, had collected all of their tips as we do and decided to donate and we were able to give a thousand dollars which in a small country was almost enough to buy all of his equipment back mm -hmm. and it's you know the bigger corporations do those things but it's it's sometimes not as personal to your community mm -hmm. right yeah so what would you say like distinguishes four kids from like like not just from starbucks but just from like any other local um coffee shop as well well <laughs> four kids I think is designed with the customer in mind. Mm -hmm. um, as I said, it was all inspired by my children, but it was all designed with a specific customer base in mind and how do I meet those needs? It was designed to provide peace of mind for moms who are at their wit's end and they can't go anywhere else to get a one hour break to relieve their sanity. That's what we're here for. Um, for people who can't go anywhere else because of severe nut allergies or because um, it's really a, a life-threatening gluten sensitivity and not, not just something that they want to do. Um, we offer what we try to offer genuinely is peace of mind for our customers. We want people to come in and, as you did, have new ideas. That was one of our prayers from the beginning is let people come here and let them feel at peace and let them relax and let them feel inspired and, and get in touch with who they were designed to be and, and back to themselves. Mm -hmm. So the coffee and the bakery and the play space are all things we offer, but they're just the means to the end. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit more about like the importance of having like a, a target audience or like a target customer a little bit of how that has really, like it's probably like advanced your growth or spurred on your growth a lot. Yes, and I think that is, for any business, knowing your target customer is critical. Um, it, it helps you to set up your standards and parameters, right? And, and we're taught that we should make our vision plain, write it down, make it clear. It helps you, it helps you make decisions. The day that I said the coffee shop will be nut-free, I didn't have to look at 200,000 products. I only needed to look at 1,000 products. So it makes me more effective in what I do because I'm not wasting time trying to make decisions that I've already made. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think that we're here to serve that target customer base and if when someone else comes in and complains about, frequently, oddly enough, I get complaints about the weirdest things, um, you know, they can't bring in their granola bar or, they, or their own food to have or why do we only serve this and why does everything have to be gluten free. And it's not that I don't want to serve everyone, I really do. My heart is to, to serve everyone, but I can't serve everyone. Mm -hmm. It's not feasibly possible. And so I want to serve the people who need us the most and the best that I can. Mm -hmm. And I would agree. I think that in the beginning it was difficult because we have to draw from this odd pool of people. And um, I would have marketing majors come in and say, well, just send out mailers. I said, do you realize that like food allergies are covered by HIPAA? Where do you think I'm going to get a mailing list for kids with food allergies? It's not even possible for me to do that. I can't go to the doctor's offices and ask them for this list. Yeah. So that made it really challenging because I knew who my target market was, but they reached from age nine months to age 100, and they reached from county to county. And, and now word is out, and now we actually had people in last Saturday that drove here from New York. They were in Akron to see Dan TDM, 
and found us online and drove down the extra half hour and we plan to be back here in June. So people come from all over to find us now, but that niche market was difficult to reach originally. So talk to us a little bit about, okay, so you realize, you're starting to realize you're starting out and you're like, how are we going to do this in terms of, of getting the word out? Mm-hmm. What are some practical tips that, that you've learned through that process of how to begin to get the word out about a business and organization, anything that's being run? Right. Um, how, how do you go about doing that? I mean, it, it's a difficult process, I would imagine. It is difficult. And there are some things I found for us that works better than others. Um, Coupons did not work, and and in those print magazines, for me, did not work. Um, I think that Facebook is great, but it's only great once people find you, um, and it's not you're not necessarily out there searching for a local coffee shops, so and your Facebook page pops up, right? So for us, the first thing that we did was one, and we have done it now again in Alliance, um, free samples, because. Word spreads very quickly when you're giving away free coffee and pastries. <laughs> Word of mouth goes. Um, the second thing we did was if there was a local event or a local fundraiser, we were there again with free product. And it didn't matter if everyone else was charging, we were there with free product because we had to build the brand and build awareness and recognition for those things. Um, if a school came in and they wanted stuff, we gave away free school pastries for a birthday party as part of that basket so to get people back in um, we did build a rewards program and we did do um, I think Instagram and you know some of the younger people on staff do that stuff not me um, but I really think that being involved in the community and being present in the community I think social media is great Um, But I also think that when people see your face and they know you and they hear your story from you, it compels them to retell your story. And and there's something powerful about that. Um, I will say the other one thing that did work was um, Yelp. Mm -hmm. A lot of people will come in, like the individuals from New York, and say it pulled up on Yelp. Interesting. Yes. Yelp has been probably, of everything I paid for, the only thing that paid for itself for me. Interesting. Yeah. Why do you think that is? <laughs> so if you say, hey Siri, where's a good coffee shop? Siri actually right, goes through and searches, and one of the things that it searches is Yelp, and that pulls up. And gotcha. so the moment that we started, we didn't pay for very many ads. We would pay for so many, and then once those clicks ran out. But there were enough clicks, and we had enough five-star ratings that it really moved us to the top of that list pretty quickly. And when we started with Yelp, I actually said, look, you don't have anything out here that says that we're nut free or that we're allergy free or that we're gluten free. Like, this is what I need people to find me. But those things didn't exist when we started. Mm-hmm. Um, and so probably about six months in, the lady called and said, hey, there's a new category out there. Go click on that. And so now when people are searching, okay, I need something that's gluten free. I need something that's vegan, right? I needed those keywords. And once those keywords were in there, People who are looking for exactly what we have can't get it very many places, so it's natural to pop up to the top of the list. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it works for every business, but certainly with our market, it worked. Mm-hmm. So, what, what if, as we're wrapping up, uh, what have been like some of the biggest lessons you've learned, like through founding and establishing four kids? Um, I think one of the biggest lessons I learned is that 
ultimately everything's in God's timing and when you sit back and trust in that it'll work out uh, when we bought this land there was a building on it we started to tear it down and we were supposed to be open in a year it was two years later but if we wouldn't have waited we wouldn't have had the bakery we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have redesigned right we wouldn't have had the market that we had and the reach that we had and, and I think the same thing was true with the crossing and just throughout the course that if you plan effectively you'll do well you won't meet your plan but at least you're heading somewhere and if you can kind of go with that flow and, and, and figure out where to find that groove then it works its way out um, I think the other thing is the, the really the biggest challenge is, is just people in general um, customers do crazy things that you just wouldn't expect and you have to be prepared for that without panicking or going over the deep end um, and customers will tell you if you had this I would come in every day most of the time they're lying and you need to know that they're lying because and you need to know who you are if you know who you are and you know that they mean well but that's not really what they're going to do and you don't shift your business plan to whatever everybody comes in that day and says just stay true to who you are and, and, and that will be okay and I think the same thing's true with employees just kind of across the board with people know who you are, know where you're going, and stay on that track, and, and don't allow the voices around you to deter you, that's that's where I think most people get off on the side of the road and end up in the ditch. Wow, that's, that's very good advice. Um, if someone wants to learn more about 4Kids or wants to learn more from you, how can they um, get in contact with you? We do have a website, www.4kidscoffee.com, and it is all spelled out, so it's F-O-U-R-K-I-D-S-C-O-F-F-E-E. We do have a Facebook page. We do have Instagram. Um, actually, the Crossing and Alliance has its own Facebook page, and the location here has a Facebook page. And they're always welcome to call the main store if they want, but we do have a contact page on the website um, and there's order forms and all kinds of stuff out there that's interactive and, and those things do come directly to me so I do monitor even if someone else is in charge of them I monitor to make sure that the emails get answered timely so we do answer what what people post great thanks so much for joining us today Thank Catherine you. so coming out of that interview um, I really I really took two things out of that the first one is is the passion that, that Catherine has um, for a her product and what she's doing, and, and just what and, and just the passion of, of making sure that she comes up with something and does it well. And then the second thing is the intentionality with which she uses to, to, to do it. And when the two things combine, you you see um, that's where masterpieces come from. And so she saw a problem and she came up with a solution. The problem being that she wasn't seeing things out there where a mom could go and take small children. And then with small children. She didn't. There wasn't really a place in a market where it had things that were where people were conscious about. You know, hey, allergies and different things like that. She saw a problem, and she 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 provided a solution for it. And just her passion throughout is just so so evident. Now, on the next episode of the podcast, we're going to be talking about CHH, CHH, also known as Christian hip hop. And joining us for that will be Skylar. Robinson, and he's also formerly known as the Paperboy. Also formerly known as the Paperboy. The best way to make sure that you don't miss our next episode is by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes 
or we're also on Google Play, so you can subscribe there as well. If you want to see some of our key takeaways from this episode, check out our show notes. So in the show notes, it's a place that you can access. And all that you have to do is in your podcast app, you can go to description, to the, to the thing that says description. You can click down on that, and it'll show you all of our show notes um, from the day. And in those show notes, we'll include things like links that you can tweet uh, about things that were said. There's also going to be any information that the people may have shared with us. And Catherine shared a few things. And there, so there will be some links there that you can click on. And you can get all of that information from our show notes. It's just another way for you to be able to engage and continue the conversation after we're done. If this podcast has helped you in any way, leave us a rating or write a review of the podcast on iTunes or on your other podcast app. If you want to continue the conversation, you can like our page on Facebook, follow us on Instagram at our handle at The Learner's Corner, or follow us on Twitter at our handle at Learner's Podcast. Until next time, keep learning and keep growing. Keep growing.